The reading today is from Psalm 127, and it's on page 624 in the Church Bibles. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with, the, uh, with their opponents in court. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that as we uh, now look at this psalm and we look to understand it, that Lord, by your Spirit, you would open our minds to, uh, to do that, to perceive what it's saying to us and our hearts to accept it. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I should say Happy New Year. Did I say that? Um, but in a sense, I sort of a bit in two minds about New Year. I don't know what you think about resolutions and all that stuff. Because yesterday was, in a sense, another day like any other. It's, it's only that we got changed the number. It's now 2022. Does that make any difference? Uh, well, we're still in the same things, aren't we? We're still wrestling with COVID, with fuel bills, with Boris still in charge of the country and with... England still losing to Australia and the cricket. Um, it's just like it always was. Um, and you may think that things don't change, but of course they do change, don't they? And they change really, very quickly. But it's just they don't wait for New Year to do it. Um, but on the other hand, um, New Year is an opportunity to stop, perhaps. Take stock of where our life is going and what plans we have. A review, if you like. It's a good idea. And this psalm, this rather odd psalm, which is on page 64 uh, of, the, of these Bibles here, uh, is a great chance for us to do just that, to reflect at the beginning of 2022. But it is rather an odd psalm because it does read a bit more like a passage out of the Proverbs, book of Proverbs, like a series of somewhat unconnected parts. Like it moves from the house building to a watchman to this odd bit about working all hours versus sleeping and then not to, miss, not to miss the odd switch at the end to talking about the blessing of children. So you may ask, what is the central message of the psalm? Well, I'm sure that you've, or many of you will have heard the opening line, unless the Lord builds a house, it's build, builders labor in vain. And maybe you wonder what that would mean to you exactly. Well, today is a chance. Tonight is a chance to, uh, to think about it. So my first point, if you, uh, it helps. Is it, have we got that, Ed? Yeah. Building a house. So it, it's talking about building a house. So... Um, so what does it mean by that? Does it mean it's a message for all the people who all over Basingstoke are busy building houses? There seem to be a lot of those going up at the minute. Or, <clears throat> or something else. Is it just a metaphor? Well, it means all that we would plan to build or achieve ourselves. But it's no constant, uh, coincidence. So the writer uses that particular term, the house. Um, in uh, 2 Samuel uh, chapter 7... Uh, 
Um, David prays this to God. Lord Almighty God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you. So your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. To build a house. And he means by that uh, the house of David, which uh, in the Bible is more than a building. It's the family. It's, it's the people who followed David. It's a dynasty, in fact. Um, Joseph was from the house of David. Everything he had or would achieve, this David. So a house is something uh, all-encompassing. It's uh, more than an example or a metaphor than when he says a house. It's all about what we build or construct in our life, our plans and our aspirations. In the other examples that the writer then uses, um, it appears to aim at those who would build a home, a family, a household. So it touches on the desire to protect what we have built up, um, the community, with this example of a watchman on the tower. And it touches on those who would work all hours to, uh, to support uh, and sustain what they feel responsible for. And then it touches on the family, um, what a blessing it is. And in that, it reflects what our attitude to those things is. But if you boil it right down, the psalm, then what it's talking about is home, job, work, food, sleep, and family. And that, then, is everybody. Because we're all making plans and building a life for ourselves in one way or another. So it's not just a list of unconnected things, then. Uh, but it's more a set of examples of how we might view our plans and uh, what goes into making our life. So then it certainly would include what we do here at St Mary's, what we plan for. But I just want to pick up a point uh, here, whether you think this is relevant to you, because there's this interesting sequence in the first two verses of the psalm. So the writer opens with this fairly general term, unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labour in vain. Uh, easily accepted. Well, easily accepted if you believe the Christian faith. True. But, but anyway, it's sort of like remote. It's sort of um, the builders. Yeah, it's less threatening. And then it gets a little bit more personal because it then says, with the watchman, it's, a, it's um, speaking to all people who would like to protect their homes and have security of all that they have built up. But then the psalm in verse 2 hits us with this. In vain you rise early. Suddenly it gets a whole lot more direct and personal to us. The writer sort of sucks us in by giving uh, our general agreement to the principle that people who exclude God in their plans are sort of wasting their time with what they're doing to then actually applying that directly to us individually. Okay, so we've seen uh, that, that this word, the house, or this phrase, uh, has a far broader meaning uh, than we might imagine. But that's where it starts. Let's then go a little bit deeper now with the psalm and see what it says the principle is. Unless the Lord builds the house. So this is the second point. So what is he saying is that unless the Lord builds, 
unless he has been involved, unless he has not been overlooked or forgotten, then your activity is in vain. In fact, he says in vain three times. The builder labours in vain. The watchman stands guard in vain. And we, you, get up early, stay up late, toil in vain. If we do these things without reference to God. In vain meaning, without true success or lasting result. Now, I am conscious that uh, as human humans, that sort of rubs us up the wrong way a, a bit because it feels like an insult to our pride to say that we can't do anything without God. It's a damning verdict on the human self-sufficiency. If God is not involved, then we're wasting our time, it says. Now, I want to say a couple of things about that, uh, which I will do in a minute, so hold your judgment about it. But just for starters... Let's think about this. If we believe that there is a God who created us and all that we see and who sustains all uh, that we have and see around us, who is not remote from us, we've been looking at that over Christmas, he is a God who's with us, then to exclude him from our plans, our life, does not seem a very good idea, don't you think? Well, this is not the only place where the Bible talks about um, including the God in all things. Um, in Proverbs chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Well then Jesus speaks in John uh, chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So it's a big biblical principle that this psalm is making. But before we tackle the points that I, that I want to bring up, that the, there are the questions, if you like, let's pick up on the three examples that the psalmist uses after you know, saying about building the house. The first is the watchman who guards the city to protect it from attack, from a danger or loss. Now we don't have someone standing... I don't think, on the walls of Basingstoke or around your house watching out for our, what happens. <clears throat> but as a nation and individually, we do have all sorts of means and devices to protect what we have built up. And the psalm isn't attacking that effort or saying that we should um, not look after ourselves and our families. But it's just pointing out that it does not guarantee a result. We like to feel that we are in control, but are we? I think that maybe deep down there are, we know there are a number of things that could happen which we have no control over. It's a fallacy to imagine that we have got it all covered. Then look at where the psalm goes next. This, um, this verse about um, working in vain you rise early and stay up late toiling for your food to eat now this seems very applicable uh, to the present day people do work long hours maybe some of you do that and without proper rest um, this was written hundreds of years ago maybe that's always been the case but there is this current view isn't there that 
The harder you work, the more successful you will be. It's all down to your ability and your application, the amount of effort that you put into it. Lunch is for wimps, as the film goes. But you may say to me, yeah, yeah, Andrew, but uh, nowadays there's, there's more talk about work-life balance. People think about balancing those things. But somebody just said to me the other day that they were told that when they went for this interview that they shouldn't mention work-life balance because the interviewers just hear them saying, I don't want to work hard. So maybe it's not universally accepted. Now the psalm is not advocating that you be lazy. It is saying that you need to keep a proper perspective on this. Because you could work your fingers to the bone, make your life a drudgery. But then after all, that doesn't guarantee success. But it's interesting the way the psalm then reflects on this. And I read that to you. So after talking about toiling, he says, For he grants sleep to those he loves. He's not saying that um, only those he loves can sleep properly. He's saying that sleep is a gift from God because he loves us. Our activity is not everything. Because even while we sleep, while we do nothing, God is still at work. He gives us gifts, refreshment, new inspiration, ideas, energy. And he enjoys giving rest to us because he loves us. So success, whatever that may mean exactly, will depend entirely, uh, <clears throat> will not depend sorry, entirely on our own zeal or ability. We need to recognize and include God in our attitude to work. But then lastly, uh, in these verses 3 to 5, uh, he talks about the family. Now here the psalm gets a bit confusing if you're trying to study it. Um, reading um, what people have said. It seems like maybe these verses were tacked on to the end of the psalm, but I don't think that. But still, it does switch from talking about doing things in vain to pointing out what a gift the family is, what a blessing children are. And we have seen uh, that the psalm... Uh, in its emphasis by having this bit, includes the family as part of that building of the house. And it seems as you read it that maybe the writer had occasion to see how valuable the family was. It speaks of him contending with their enemies in the gate. Well, what happened in those days is if you are in a disagreement, maybe even a legal disagreement with someone else, then by the gate is where you would sort that out where you would maybe meet with them. And uh, maybe the psalmist realized that having a, a family behind him uh, made all the difference. So family is, is a blessing from God, but I know that not everyone uh, finds their family such a source of comfort and strength. Though we often, I think, learn a lot uh, from and gain much from the struggles that we have in families. But it's true, of course, that we are now uh, also in another family, the family of God. Over Christmas, you may have um, heard John chapter 1 read, which says, Those who believed in his name, that's Jesus, 
He gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. God has brought us into a family. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. We are in a family who are to love and to support one another. I hope that you feel and know that here at St Mary's. So to summarise this part then, um, all the hard work in the world is in vain unless the Lord rather than yourself is the one, the person you rely upon. Only what is from God will truly last and stand in as of lasting purpose or meaning. So Matthew 6, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So the two points I wanted to bring out. Uh, first this. When it says that you labour in vain, uh, unless you know, it's in, in, in the Lord, we may say, well, people, they seem to be able to do, build many things, be successful with no reference to God whatsoever. That doesn't seem that they're doing, doing it in vain. But in this sense, the psalm is rather like the book of Ecclesiastes, which sort of um, concludes that everything is meaningless. We may succeed in what we seek to do, but it might just prove to be meaningless pointless and futile. It's interesting, isn't it, that the number of people rich and successful who seem to come to that same conclusion. Second point. The message here is really quite counter-cultural, isn't it? It's not the way the culture or certainly what we hear on the media says. Um... If I can get this to work, it should. Yeah, good. Uh, so this is Antoine Griezmann, who's a French footballer. Um, uh, plays for France, obviously. And uh, um, <coughs> he said, he, he's uh, given us saying this. With hard work and effort, you can achieve anything. Hmm. That sort of sums up what modern thinking is, is saying, isn't it? That you can achieve anything yourself. It's self-reliance, self-fulfillment, or believing in yourself. So is the psalm the opposite of what the psalm... Oh, sorry, is that the opposite of what the psalm is saying? Well, not really. Because it is not saying don't work hard uh, or seek after achieving your dream in life. It just says, don't leave God out of your plans. Don't trust only in yourself. But put your plans in the hands of the one who brings true meaning and purpose to our lives. The one who will bring or be there when things get tough, when things don't work out as you hoped or expected. Okay, my last point, which is, Applying the principle. Well, the psalm does not say how it is you are to ensure that the Lord builds a house. <clears throat> I was thinking of uh, a thing, something called lane assist technology. 
which you have in a car. I, I don't have it in my car. Maybe some of you do. Uh, or an, another phrase for it is lane departure warning system. It's a system within your car that tells you if you're drifting or moving out of the lane that you are meant to be driving in without signaling to do so. <clears throat> it strikes me that that could be really annoying. Um, if you really wanted to move out of the lane, then it tells you you shouldn't be. But there is another thing called LKA, Lane Keep Assist, where the car actually puts you back in the lane when you move out of it. Now, that could be really scary. But I was thinking that um, wouldn't it be good if God gave us something like that, that he would warn us when we start to drift off uh, from his guidance. But maybe he does. We're, we're just not listening. Well, there are three ways which I want to mention that we could keep on track. And, uh, and I have heard them repeated many times, maybe you have. Uh, but I still need reminding of them. So I'm going to share them with you. The first is, where you can stay on track is to keep looking at scripture. He has given us this book, this revelation for a purpose. He speaks to us through it. He guides us by it. Psalm 119, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Secondly, we should include God. That is, we should pray to him about our plans and our work our aspirations and our frustrations in life. He longs to engage with us in prayer. And in my experience, that always helps. Thirdly, be involved with other believers. Share with other people who also want to build under God's guidance. Involve them. Involve someone you can trust with your plans. So to conclude... There is a simple message here for those who feel that they have the burden and responsibility for a household. The message is, relax. It's not all down to you, after all. But the, but the, um, the psalm does confront and challenge us in one, on one hand, but then comfort us on the other. So it says to us, we are not indispensable and we are not all as self-sufficient as we think that we are. But then it says, so it's not all dependent on us. We are not to be overwhelmed by responsibility. So it says, we can plan carefully, work hard, be responsible, be creative. Yet everything can go wrong in a way that we could never have foreseen. But then it says, if you know and trust God, put it in his hands, then it's not hopeless. All is not lost. He still loves us. And he can bring meaning and purpose in ways that you could not imagine. In Western society, this might seem an extraordinary approach to take, to trust in God. But it would be nice, I think, that we as a family of the church could model an alternative to what the world thinks. Bless you for listening. Amen. Well, please do take a seat and Andrew, come back up.
Um, you haven't got away with it. So <laughs> just, yeah, oh dear. <laughs> uh, I've got a few questions for you. Thank you um, very much for the talk. And um, uh, <laughs> I, I had a question, if that's OK. But um, we were asked the questions that have been submitted on here first. Um, first of all, how much should we uh, involve God in the plans we make versus asking him to bless what we've already decided to do? Yeah, I think, I think that um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so, I mean, ideally what you would want is to be speaking to God and praying and doing the things which I said uh, before you start making the plans and uh, rather than sort of make plans and then try to get God to agree with you. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, you know, we're, we're fallen, aren't we? And we uh, certainly I've made plans and not included God. So if, if you've done that, then, then it's never too late to include him. Uh, it's just that in your life, sometimes you may find that you have to sort of pull back from what you thought you were going to be doing. But, um, and there is always that, 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 that difficulty in, in discerning whether, you know, you should be doing that or not. That's why I spoke of those three things that we need to keep doing keep reminding ourselves of. I hope that answers that. It does, yeah. And mm. just as we've got a bit of time, just to go a bit further on that. Mm. Um, sorry, don't look so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess one of the things you were trying to get us to do is, or what the Psalm's trying to get us to do, is reorientate ourselves. So yeah. actually it's the Lord's plans and purposes. Yeah. Uh, actually, we, I think you were picking at this a bit, that we tell ourselves that actually it's us and our effort, but you were saying that actually it's the Lord's plans and purposes that ultimately prevail. So yes. how might that tie into... Yeah, that, that was right. Plans? Yeah, so, yeah, that is... It, you're right, that's a different orientation, isn't it? So, so you're looking for what God's plans are, um, using those three, three, three things and to work out what, uh, what he wants to, you to be doing. Yeah, absolutely, rather yeah, than what you yeah. want to be doing. Um, yeah. And often we get kind of caught up in the things that it's not that God doesn't care, but, but actually we take our eyes off the big picture. And we do. What he's doing, we yeah. do. We do yeah. often. Yeah. 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 I can say from personal experience that I've tried hard to play football, but I'm nowhere near <laughs> Griezmann or <laughs> anywhere near a yeah, football no. player. No, me, um, me. All my effort. Um, just a question that's come in. I hope it's all right to pounce on you with this one. Um, how do we know the direction we're going is the right way? I guess related to that question about plans. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a hard one, isn't it, as Christians? I'm sure you've found that sometimes to know what you should do in making decisions. And so that's why I wanted at the end of the talk to talk about those three things because that's studying God's word and praying to him and speaking to others, Christians, to try to work out whether uh, what, you know, what's the right thing to be doing. Mm. Yeah, mm. you need to be doing it. So, so th th there's no uh, sort of like quick, quick answer to that. You, you have to work on that with, with the Lord and with your Christian friends. Yeah. yeah. And just related to that, you, you kind of hinted at this, but so often our minds do drift onto us and our plans and yes. what we can achieve. Yes. Um, I mean, what does that look like day to day to kind of reorientate ourselves towards what God's doing? I, I, well, I think that it um, to uh, to be praying regularly every day and to studying the Word and um, 
you to be involved in, in some sort of group where you can talk about those things uh, and, uh, and share on, and maybe some sort of accountability I think uh, with, with other Christians who can ask you about what you're doing and talk to you about it so uh, that sort of like pulls you back a, a bit from just charging off in your own direction that sounds yeah. like a church could fulfill that yeah role. it probably that's could right. actually yeah. Yeah. so a group that helps us yeah like a house group or something <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah absolutely so yeah, I know I joke but it is I just find the discipline of coming to church each week just to put something in the week just to reorientate myself actually know it's about the Lord yeah. and what he's doing yeah it's, it's very helpful we we um can I mention yeah yeah, yeah go I on, used yeah. to have the, we used to have this dog that um that you'd be going on a walk and it would charge over here somewhere when you want to be over there and so later on it would realize and come running back to you and then you go a bit further and charge over there and then, then it realized and then come back here and it would do that all the way through the walk and I'm and I, I thought that's a bit like what we are, isn't it? Like, or like I am. You charge up over here, and then so oh, okay. I should be not doing that. I should be back here. So, yeah. <laughs> I want to say the church is the lead, but um, that doesn't sound very yeah, yeah, okay. doesn't sound very attractive. So, ignore that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that, what I'm saying is, you want to avoid doing that, don't you? Yeah. You want to be. Uh, Staying following the master's voice. Yeah, the master's voice. Yeah, yeah, very good. Anyway, let's stop there. (laughs) Thank you, Andrew. Okay, very much. Thanks, Um, Rob. Thank you for that image. And um, 